I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Hello, and thanks for joining us for this special added bonus content for the Parenting Aces podcast. I am coming at you live from New York at the U.S. Open. Pardon the quality of my voice, but it's been a busy couple of days. I'm starting day three at the Open now, and uh, I've been talking to a lot of people over a lot of exterior noise, so my voice is suffering as a result, but man, am I having a good time. So this little bonus content, and it's it's short, only about 20, 25 minutes, is an interview that I conducted with Trey Hildebrand and his dad, Mark, after Trey's match at the U.S. Open Juniors yesterday. And unfortunately, uh, the match didn't go Trey's way, but he battled hard. It was a three-setter, and um, he had a phenomenal, phenomenal experience at the Open. So I won't tell you more about that. I'll let you hear from Trey and Mark about about their experience here. But I just want to say that it has been such a privilege to watch these juniors competing here and knowing that I'm watching our next generation of top professional players. It's it's really an incredible feeling to get to see them as 14, 15, 16, and Coco Goff's <laughs> case as a 13-year-old competing on the biggest stage of their junior career, and I just enjoy myself so much. So if you ever do get the opportunity to go to one of the junior slams and watch these kids compete, I highly recommend taking advantage of that. You never know. You may be watching the next Serena Williams or the next Roger Federer. It's pretty cool. So I invite you to enjoy this little interview with Trey and Mark, and thanks for tuning in. I'm with Trey Hildebrand, and we're at the U.S. Open Juniors, and Trey just finished his third-round match. And unfortunately, it didn't go your way today, but you've had a phenomenal tournament. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about this experience? I mean, you found out pretty last minute that you were in the main draw, right? Mm -hmm. So how did that go? You thought you had a wild card into qualies? I had a wild card into qualies, and um, I had a pretty good run at College Park, grade one after the quarterfinals of that. And about two days later, um, they they just gave me, well, gave me, like, sent me an email saying I got an upgrade to major a wild card now that's how it happened okay and is this your first time playing in the u.s open yes. and is it your first junior slam it is and how does it compare to a grade one itf i mean it's, uh, it's a lot better <laughs> so, i mean you feel like you're like actually a part of the pros like you feel like you're like part of a good good thing and it's really fun and they've allowed coaching this year in the juniors and your dad's here as your coach and I'm hoping he's going to join us in a few minutes where he can find us um, can you talk a little bit about what it means to have him courtside and you you looked over to him quite a bit I was there for a lot of your match today and you know he he had some really positive words for you do you all talk about that ahead of time like what uh, you usually, want usually like when he's on my, on my like side like when he's able to coach me I just 
try to tell him just please look like don't be negative with me like I, I don't need that when I'm on court and he did a pretty good job at this tournament I feel mm-hmm. yeah. and you had one of your buddies up in the stands today too and yeah he said he hopes to play this tournament next year yeah yeah for sure um Elliot's a good friend of mine um he has a bright future he's a very good player and I'm pretty sure we'll see him next year at this tournament very cool. So you're from Texas. You train in Texas. Yeah. And um, and so can you share with my listeners a little bit about what your day-to-day training looks like? Uh, well, I go to a school Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so Tuesdays and Thursdays I get about four hours of training in. Okay. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I, I don't go to the school, but I do all my school like at home. Mm-hmm. And that's... I have about... I have a little more training. I do about six hours, five to six hours a day. Okay. Like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On the court? Or? Uh, no, like about two to th- or about three and a half hours of on-court time and about an hour and a half like cardio fitness, something like that. Okay. And do you have a separate trainer for that? Or? Uh, I did, but we're kind of finding one right now. I don't really have one at the moment. And what about like your nutrition stuff? Is that a big part of yeah, your routine? Yeah, it's very big. Um, I just try to eat, I just try to eat healthy. I mean, not not specific diet, but just trying to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are tall. <laughs> How tall are you? Six four. Six four. You still growing? Uh, I don't know. Probably. I, I, I kind of like to stay this height, but. I mean, you're 17. Yeah. You're probably still growing. Probably still growing. Yeah. But I was talking to your dad during your match, and he said you've always been tall for your age. Yeah. So you haven't had to struggle with like those big growth spurts that a lot of kids have to struggle with. You seem very comfortable in your body out there. Your balance is great. Your movement's great. You serve in volley, which, I mean, how awesome is that? So can you talk a little bit about how you developed your style and maybe how it's changed as you've gotten older? Well, my dad used to play an era where like, he came to the net a lot. And that's what he used to look like, that's what he used to do. And that's just how he always taught me growing up, just coming in and coming in and putting pressure on people. And that's, I kind of just play that way my whole life. Mm-hmm. That's my dad right now. Oh, good. Come on in. Dad is joining us. Come on in, Mark. We're live on YouTube, and um, this is going to be part of uh, our podcast that will hopefully go online. Y'all are going to have to sit closer together. (laughs) I can't get you both. Um, So Trey was just explaining his style of tennis and how he learned from you the whole serve and volley thing that you came up through that serve and volley era and maybe you can kind of well you didn't have the benefit of hearing what he said about it but what tell your dad what you were saying about i just said he um taught me that way all through my life um just coming in a lot and putting pressure on people and playing aggressive and i just played that way my whole life so it's just kind of natural and so we were saying that you know with his height his movement seems to be really good his balance seems to be really good and you don't see that a lot with 17 year olds that are that tall they're just not they haven't grown into their bodies typically but what have you done to help Trey feel comfortable with with his this gift of height um you know what just just uh it's really hard at times because what what I do is I don't I don't treat them like he's big. In other words, you know, whereas some people try to give them an out, they can say they can't do this or they can't do that or it's hard for them to do this or do that. You know, we just don't accept that. Mm-hmm. You know, to be. I'm honest. sorry. 
and and uh, just you know we just make it hard on them and 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 try to get them to do you know all the things everybody else can do and and you know at times it's it maybe push them to places I don't want to push them mm-hmm. you know which is difficult you know but I think it you know it pays off. He said that um, for this tournament, you know, he told you if you're going to coach him, he wants positive stuff. He needs positive. Can you talk about the challenges of being dad and coach, watching your kid out there, you know, in this major opportunity? I mean, this was a a big deal. Um, How do you kind of keep your head on straight and give him what he needs out there? Because it's stressful. I just I just don't. I don't perceive, I really don't care where we're at. I, I consider this tournament just like any other tournament, whether we're back home or not, and that's really the deal. And for me, you know, it's, it's. I think I, I have a pretty good, you know, head on my shoulders in regards to the process. You know, this is just practice. You know, in the big scheme of things, you know, even now, whoever wins this event, uh, oftentimes they're the ones that have matured faster physically, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So the, the end product is not there. It's just not. Right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, yes, I want him to be able to win this, but I want him to play his best tennis when he's in his mid-20s. Right. You know, and, and in order to do that, in order to have a good servant volleyer, in order to have someone that's going to come into the net and do all those things, you don't win that way at 12. Right. You just don't. And so you have to be able to see that, and you have to be able to do that. And that's why I feel, you know, you know, I think I've done a pretty good, I've, I've failed in a lot of areas in regards to, you know, him being my son at stuff. But in regards to that, I think I've done that pretty well. You know, just seeing the big picture. I remember just telling them, you know, I don't care if they're lobbing you. You know, there's going to come a day. You know, and and when he was very little, you know, we saw that. You know, I could just you could just tell he was big. He was going to be big. He was mm-hmm. always in the, you know, 97 percentile. You know, and, <laughs> and uh, I was like, and, and, he, and he, I'm just being honest. He didn't move that well. And so he had every characteristic of being a giant. So I was like, man, we're going to have to like come forward times 1,000 in order to play his best tennis. So we just kind of did that and stuck with it. Yeah, and it's working. It's working. So you're having a phenomenal event. I mean, did you expect to get this far when you found out you were in the main draw? Not really, to be honest. I mean, you've beaten some seeds. You're, I mean... Yeah, it's definitely a good tournament, but it's just big, uh, kept it going, but... What do you take from this? Like, what, what, when you um, go back home, what what do you use this event to help you do next? Just, I mean, I know I'm able to compete with like the best players in the world now, and just help my confidence a lot. Mm-hmm. And what do you learn from a match like today, where you know you came out and you dominated in the first set, and then the second set didn't go your way, and you were right there in the third set, and you know. I mean, besides the fact that, hey, I can hang with these guys, um, what, how are you going to win that match next time? Probably being a little mentally better. I mean, it's 12 points here or there. I could have screwed my head on better and maybe converted a couple more break points and just kind of done that sort of stuff, yeah. One of the things I noticed about your game that I love is you're a big hitter, you're a big server because you're a big boy, but you are not afraid to use some kind of well I won't I won't say the J word but uh, but yeah (laughs) and uh, I was asking your dad when you hit some of those little choppy drop shots that spun off the court and um, you know some of the slices that were really nasty dad said that was 
kind of something he grew up playing like. And so do you, how do you feel that impacts your opponents? Because I know I hate playing people yeah, that do I mean, that stuff. It definitely helps sometimes to mix up the pace a little bit. Um, people usually don't like it. I mean, it's just, it's helped me throughout the years. It's done good for me. I would think they wouldn't expect it from somebody no, yeah. your size, right? Yeah, you, they usually just don't really expect it. Yeah. And what do you say, Dad? Like, what, what made you decide to help him incorporate those things into his game, or is that something he it, just came by naturally? No. Well, so, you know, you know, from my when I grew up playing tennis, you know, I started very late. So in order for me to beat people, you know, I, I could not hit people. So I had to figure out ways to beat them, whether it was drop shotting, you know, outworking them, outcompeting them. I was all those intangibles were the things I got good at. And so, ironically, you know, because of his height, mm-hmm. and because you know, when you're when you're a tall kid, you don't you just don't have muscle, and then you're slower than everybody else, and this that and the other. So I wanted him to have answers, mm-hmm. and so I just you know taught him how to bring people in, taught him how to use his hands, taught him how to you know all those little things that I learned or I did. You know, I just kind of instilled those because honestly, if he was going to win matches. If you didn't like coming in, he was going to bring you in. If You know, whatever it took, you know. And so I just taught him to be able to do all of those things. And, you know, I'm very visual. And so we would play a lot of mini tennis and just have a ball with each other and do all that kind of stuff. And and he would eat it up. I mean, he would just, yeah, can we play again? Can we play again? And, and he, he just, you know, he would emulate what I did. And he just got real handsy and real good with all that stuff. And Because, he, he, you know, honestly, his feet couldn't get in position a lot of times. He, he had to be... He had to do that, and so on the flip side of that, that's kind of what we're working on now is, you know, the, the term that we would use is he plays with his hands sometimes too much instead of going, taking that extra step, setting up and busting the ball. Interesting. You know, there's a fine line in there that you have to be careful of. Right. You know. So you're committed to play for UCF. Um, what do you do between now and the time you go down to Florida to get ready for college tennis, and and what are your expectations? Mm-hmm. Well, I just can keep playing the big junior ITF tournaments like Grand Slams, stuff like that, and try to play a little more futures um, to get ready like for a higher level of tennis. And what was it? Sorry, what was the other question? Well, just I mean, what are you gonna do specifically between now and the time you go there, and then what are your expectations once you get there? My expectations. I mean, I think John's gonna push us a lot. Um, going to make it very hard on us and I feel like we're going to be a very good team and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so is your plan to go there and play for four years right now? Is that what you're looking right now, to do? Yes, that's my plan. Okay. Know, yeah. So it's interesting because the Collegiate and Invitational is going on here and so I'm getting the opportunity to talk to some of those players and um, I'm hearing from a couple of them that they're taking the fall off this year, you know, maybe not sure if they're going back and uh, I, I just always want how you come to that decision have y'all talked about that at all whether college is a four-year thing for Trey or, or um, is yeah. it a year-by-year year? you're gonna see how it goes when I started this deal with him you know ironically uh, not to make anybody upset but the, the goal I always thought it would be the coolest if I could get my kid to go play for Pepperdine uh-huh <laughs> and you know I thought that would be the neatest thing you know have the team experience it's kind of morphed into Potentially something more than that, mm-hmm. I, I think, based on what I'm seeing. Um, and so right now we just go with the vision of four years. But there's some, I think there's some metrics out there that are there that 
you know, if you're ready, you're ready. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, uh, you know, a good uh, model of that is, uh, I'm drawing a blank from TCU. He just went pro. Oh, Nori. Yeah. Cameron Nori. I think, you know, he was at a place, in my opinion, where it was pretty obvious it was time for him to go. Mm -hmm. I I don't think anybody would, I think most people would question that. Right. And I think he's showing it. So I think that if you're in challengers, at the challenger level and you're winning a couple of rounds, I think it's time. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. And so whenever that time comes, hopefully if it does come, then we'll address that. Um, but for now, we just plan on, you know, playing and learning. I think because of his build and his height, I just think he's a little more delayed. I think, he, you know, he's going to need a few more years is kind of what I'm thinking. So but. do you look at a player like Chris Eubanks, who's had a phenomenal college tennis career so far? He's a tall dude like you. Skinniest legs ever, but the kid can move and he can bang the ball, you know? So, I mean, Trey, do you, do you look at him as somebody to emulate for college or – um, maybe. I haven't really seen him a lot. Okay. I'm not really sure, like, how he plays. I mean, I, I have seen his build. He's, like, big and skinny, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Okay. What about you, Mark? Have you watched Chris at all, or? No, I haven't watched much. I really, I really don't. I think Trey, uh, Trey's style, I don't know how he, I really don't know how he plays. Big serve, big forehand, one you okay, know. Okay, I mean, I mean. That's he's kind of that's when you're saying that it's kind of a different animal to me. Yeah. I mean Trey comes in a lot more. Trey's very you know unorthodox. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think we we look at more players like uh, you know Trey's trying to emulate his game is more Marty Fish or or Todd Martin. Okay. You know that would be kind of who we we think he plays a lot like. Cool. But how that that translates into the four years at college, you know I don't know. It's just I you know. He's going to places and he's at a level now that I have never been to, and so I, you know, I think I trust John, Coach Roddick, and I think uh, I like the fact there's a, you know, a few guys at the USTA that I trust also. So we'll all kind of look and and whatever's best for him, we just, you know, we put our heads together and, and hopefully continues to grow. Yeah. So Trey, I wanted to ask you. <laughs> sorry, I know this is going on and you're probably so tired. You just played this three-set match. Um, how do you keep yourself motivated to keep working hard? Because burnout's a real thing in tennis, and especially at your age, you know, that's kind of the time where a lot of players just find themselves with a lot of distractions, and, you know, it just gets harder and harder to make yourself get out there and work hard. I mean, I've never really been like that. I've always wanted to be the best, and um, it's like keep doing well. I've never really been satisfied with anything and I just want to keep uh, getting better. I want to play professional tennis so I just tell myself I need to work hard to get to that level. At what age did you know you wanted to be a pro? I mean, do you have a, was there like something? Like 10 years old, something like that. Was it seeing somebody on TV or going to a match? Do you have a memory of that? Um, just, I mean, I did watch the players all on TV then I really like I wish I could be there one day and just, I mean, hopefully, hopefully I can. Did you grow up going to college tennis matches at all? No. Okay. I never really saw anything. Okay. And what about pro events? Did you ever have the opportunity to come see I any? Mean, I went to, like, one in Houston, Houston Play Awards, but mm-hmm. that's about it, nothing else. Who's your favorite player? Uh, Federer. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just really like him. He wins all the time. He 
very cold. <laughs> I don't know. I just really like him a lot. Yeah, that's not a bad guy to yeah. want to be like. Yeah. You're okay with that, right? I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he has that kind of career, man. Right. I like, I like people that can play good tennis. He plays good tennis, obviously. And he's a good guy. And he's right? a good guy. He gives back I like a lot. Too. He was awesome last night too. Yeah, that was kind of a crazy match. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So what advice I'm gonna ask you first, Mark, what advice you have for parents of juniors who aspire to reach the level Trey has been? You know, I, th- I think uh, I think one of the biggest things is that happens, I think that has to happen for, for players and parents is the message has to remain the same. In other words, you know, I think that you find out pretty early on. I, I think you can see what the attributes they're going to have. I think if they're going to be speedsters, you know, if they're going to be whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And you mold and you find a game style to do that. And the message has to remain the same. You know, I think you can get lost. I see it every day in parents that, you know, and, and we were talking about this earlier. You know, John, you beat Johnny last you know, last month, and then you see him two months from now. And little Johnny at 14's grown three inches, right? And the parent hasn't—they don't see that. They don't care, and so they get lost. And they switch coaches, and they get a different message, and all that. And next thing you know, your kid's learning new things, and you become the jack of all trades, master of none. And I just think the message has to remain the same. It's okay to learn new things. It's okay to dabble in that. But as a as who you are, who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. If you want to master it, be really good. You have got to buy in. You've got to be able to stick, stay the course with that. And so I think that's you know that's the biggest thing. And, and you just can't get rattled by some bad mistakes. You know if you're working hard. You know if you're applying. If you're doing the, all the right things. You know. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to trust that that your kid. You know. And it's okay if you know if your if your kid ends up being number one hundred in the world, or your kid plays you know the, the high is is division three tennis or they don't mm-hmm. play tennis it's okay you know get your kid as good as they can get and you have to be okay with that it's not you know it doesn't mean anything right you know right and how about you trey what if you could give advice to the parents <laughs> what would you what would you tell them <laughs> um, look away dad just look away <laughs> just to be supportive and don't put them down as much like i mean don't put them down a lot just keep their hopes up <laughs> pretty much yeah that was very politically savvy of you i like that <laughs> answer well done all right well they're giving us the wrap-up signal out okay. there they need the room i guess so guys thank you so much and congratulations thank to you. you it was really nice to watch you play and you. i look forward to seeing you a lot more all right all right thank thanks you, you guys I hope you enjoyed hearing from Trey and Mark, and I hope to bring you more content in my last couple of days here at the Open. And uh, thank you, guys. I I really can't do it without you, and so appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to these interviews week after week. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the Parenting Aces podcast. You can do that through iTunes, or you can download the podcast app on your iPhone or tablet. There's also Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play. There are all sorts of ways that you can listen. But if you subscribe, then you get notifications when we upload a new episode. So that's always a good thing. And also just to let you know, we are seeking sponsors for the podcast. 
So if you or your company is interested in having a presence on the Parenting Aces podcast, please reach out to me and I'll be happy to send you our little sponsorship packet or you can take a look at it. The link is in the show notes. It's also on the podcast page on ParentingAces.com. So I invite you to have a look. It's a very valuable and cost-effective way to get your business's name out there and It's doing a good deed because it helps us stay on the air. So we surely do appreciate that and look forward to seeing you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, visit us online at ParentingAces.com. As always, a huge thank you to our sponsor, TennisBalls.com.